Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thumbtacks, man. It's always flipping thumbtacks. We need to somehow change professional wrestling so that we do have some kind of cage match, some kind of hardcore match. You can take a bump onto a penguin. You can take a bump onto a giraffe. Or you can take a bump onto a very nice cuddly octopus. Of course, we shouldn't do that because it'd be absolutely terrible. But this week's main event on AEW Dynamite was just so ridiculous. But don't worry, we're going to talk about it. Also, hello, my name is Simon Warcoja. Thank you for joining me as always. And given that it is a Thursday, we shall take the finger of power and give the good bits and up and the bad bits are down. And I also want to do a quick shout out to WrestleCon, WrestleCon.com, because over WrestleMania weekend, me and the What Culture guys are going to be there. We're going to be doing some interviews at WrestleCon, and they very nicely hooked us up with some passes. So thank you to WrestleCon.com, and hopefully we'll see you there too. But for now, let's up those downs for AEW Dynamite. Jim Ross dropped a ho-yo at the start of Dynamite, which I thought was very nice when Adam Cole's music hit and he came out with Red Dragon. And I tell you, the pop that that music gets is absolutely ridiculous. And to be honest, for the entire two-hour period, this audience was fire. This was the match that we set up last week when Adam Cole was all up, oh, hangman Adam Page, you better go and get yourself some tag team partners, which he did do in the Jurassic Express. So here we have the world title program, we have the tag team titles too, everything is just coming together. We also took a nod to the recent past as well because Adam Cole and Jungle Boy were the first two people facing off, but don't even worry about that because Luchasaurus was then in the ring and so was Bobby Fish and I was like, here we are. In 2022, watching a dinosaur take on an ocean animal. I mean, whoever thought we'd see it? Size will always get you eventually, so Luchasaurus started murking everyone, but this is when Red Dragon remembered, oh man, he definitely has legs. So they jumped on those and they started ruining them, and I was a bit like, man, of all the things this species has already been through, and now you doing this. He had the power deep down though, so he did get the hot tag to Adam Page. And honestly, you have to go and watch this. Our world champion was so hyped up, he went absolutely crazy, including grabbing Bobby Fish and giving him a fall away slam. And once again, I was like, I would have paid for this on pay-per-view. When have you ever seen a fish get thrown over somebody's head? He also followed up with a dive and a power bomb. And I think at this point, Jungly Jim was all like, well, I want to get involved too. So 
he did a dive. This was so much fun. The good guys then hit simultaneous moonsaults like this is just something you do every single day. But this is when the assholes became assholes because there was so much carnage. Adam Cole made sure he took a shot at Jungle Boy and then all of a sudden they were back in control. This didn't last long because then Luchasaurus got another hot tag and he too was going crazy, including grabbing Bobby Fish and choke slamming him on top of Kyle O'Reilly. But this is when Carl was like, ha ha, I haven't forgotten about your leg and he was going to apply a knee bar. But thankfully Hangman Adam Page realized, no, 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 this can't happen and he broke it up. It was around about here when Cole and Page finally went at it, so of course we're going to get back to them at some point, but who knows what the outcome here would have been, because ah, the tag klaxon went off and everybody was in the ring, and seriously, it was just carnage. There was definitely a dead eye throughout all of this, and the Jurassic Express were able to hit the Doomsday device, but they had not realized that Adam Cole and Red Dragon had been storing up their finishes. So they hit R1 and Triangle, or whatever the hell it is, Red Dragon hit the high-low thing, Adam Cole hit the running knee, and he actually pinned Hangman Adam Page, which of course can set a match up down the line. And this probably does mean that when they do do that, the Cowboy will win, hence why we did do this. But it was just nice and simple, effective storytelling, and the match itself was so entertaining, you gotta go watch it. Up. All the madness with Keith Lee and Team Taz then continued because Keith Lee was in the back and he was talking to Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs as Tony Schiavone had said, look, we really appreciate you being here and that you both agreed not to attack the other one. In short, though, Lee is going to be taking on Max Caster when it comes to Rampage, but Ricky Starks doesn't appreciate that Keith Lee is coming back to his show. So eventually we are going to do this match. And I think it'll be pretty good. It also seems like Chris Statlander is going through some kind of change as well, because we had this really quick video where you basically saw her losing a lot as she took off her makeup. So I suppose that something is coming. Or we're going to find out that she wasn't an alien at all. I feel duped. William Regal then joined commentary, and I'm pretty sure at one point he was using Shakespeare to describe Danhausen. So it gets an up. Yep, it's that simple. I see William Regal and my finger goes that way. But it was also because we were having his team of Brian Danielson and John Moxley taking on Wheeler Utah and Chuck Taylor. And I tell you, they tried to kill each other. This was especially true for Paul Wheeler, who was in there to begin with. He basically had to scramble over the corner saying, Chuck, please tag me and tag me. But when Taylor was in there... Well, I wouldn't say it went much better for him. I mean, he was able to defend himself a little bit and he had learned from the first match because he tried to work over Danielson's leg. Obviously, then Brian went, all right, fine. He tagged in Mox and he may as well have had a gun, I swear. He actually wanted to end people's lives. I mean, even when Yuta got a hot tag, I think it was cut off instantly and then these two hit a heart attack. So that made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. And then Moxley found himself on the outside. So he was like, all right, fine. I'm going to start smashing fools with DDTs. Danielson was then also all wound up. So he started kicking Wheeler Yuta's head in. And this is when Moxley was back. He applied the bulldog choke. And these two won with such ease. Honestly, they are so good together, it doesn't even make any sense. There was more wonderfulness after this, though, because Wheeler Yuta, in his broken state, kind of turned his back on the best friends, and he got into the ring, and he approached William Regal when Regal slapped him right around the face. Now, given that he did this to Moxley, and given that he did this to Brian, does it mean that Wheeler Yuta is their first recruit? Because if we do do that, that is going to rock. 
all of this is getting it up. FTR and the Young Bucks then had a clash backstage, so it seems like we're going back to that feud, and hell yeah. But oh my gosh, if you can believe it, hence the t-shirt today. When they were talking to each other, they started to tease that maybe, just maybe, Bret Hart is going to be the new manager of FTR. And if that does happen, I tell you right now... This poor a-hole ain't gonna be able to handle it. Cash and Dax also said they got rid of Tully Blanchard because he wasn't focused enough. And I said out loud, that doesn't sound very fair. We then had more crossing of the streams because we were backstage with the acclaimed who were all like, man, we're gonna take on Keith Lee and Rampage and we're gonna beat him when they got interrupted by Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. So we bring it down, that is 27 interruptions in AEW and 81 in all of wrestling. And all of this kind of went crazy because they were all like, listen, Max Caster, you better get the job done on Rampage. But this is when Swerve Strickland walked in and he was like, oh, Ricky Starks, I wanna beat you up too. I don't know what direction it's gonna head in. I mean, I would guess the answer is a series of wrestling matches. <laughs> what a hot take. The Jericho Appreciation Society was out next, and I tell you this, I think I prefer Chris Jericho as a bad guy. He is just so good at being an asshole. 2.0 kicked this off as well, and those guys are equally as great because they're just so funny. And they were like, oh man, you like that Judas entrance music, do you? Well, do you want to know why? It's because of Chris Jericho, and quite obviously, we appreciate him. They just carried on that he's such a swell human being. Chris Jericho got the microphone and he was all like, you fans don't appreciate me. So that's it. I am giving up being a wrestling fan because due to me, I turned Becky Lynch heel, I turned Edge heel, I turned Damien Priest heel, and now I've done it for Chris Jericho. And all I was doing was trying to make a lot of noise more for me. He did so much more than this though because he also tied it into every single thing that's been happening on television. I mean, if it wasn't for him, AEW wouldn't be a thing, but then Sammy Guevara walked out of him. The Proud and the Powerful, they screwed him over too with his Eddie Kingston nonsense, so he's sick of it and he's not gonna take it anymore. He also started bringing up real life things that actually happened as to why all these people loved him in the sense that one, Daniel Garcia was involved in a car wreck in 2019 and he had donated thousands of dollars to a charity to help him, but also, too, the only reason that 2.0 are in the company is because his good friend Kevin rang him up and said, why don't you give him a chance? So this is actually legit. You would appreciate Jericho. Round of applause. He then dropped in the line that they're not wrestlers, they're sports entertainers, which is so good. It's kind of crazy nobody else is doing it. Even Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia, a man that comes across like he could murder you, was like, you know what? I'm proud to be a sports entertainer too. I love this. Jericho then got rid of the 2.0 name because he thinks it was bad creative. And from now on, they're going to use their real names. But he did call them Daddy Magic Matt Maynard and Cool Hands Angelo Parker. So that was it. I was dying. Jericho then turned his attention to Jake Hagar and said, this man has had my back for over a decade and he's also the hand of the king. You know, somewhere the New Day were throwing their hands in the air like, I cannot believe it. It all finished, though, with the line, we are the Jericho Appreciation Society and we beat up wrestlers. Once again, this just gets a massive clap. It was so damn good and I cannot wait to see where it goes, especially because here we have some sports entertainers and what is William Regal creating right now? A bunch of wrestlers. This is going to be great. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash whatculture. Serena Dean then promised that she was going to end Sheeda's career. And I was a little bit like, look, last week, Sheeda said she was going to behead you, Serena Deeb. So you may need to come up with something better than this. I love this feud. They're like proper mortal enemies. And I hope it rolls on till 2049. We then got to one of my most anticipated matches of the week. TNT champion Scorpio Sky taken on Wardlow. Let's go. And of course, this was because you just knew something was brewing with MJF and ADW didn't disappoint at all. But better than all of that is that Wardlow was just super over here. So all these years of waiting and all these years of building have paid off. Some of the fans were even singing along with Wardlow's entrance theme. He is going to be a star. He really did have some surmounting problems, though, because not only did he have to deal with Scorpio Sky, but American Top Team were also on the outside, and they had a bunch of MP, and they were using it to cause distraction. Wardo was still able to smash through all of this with a spine buster when he did, in fact, catch Scorps in the powerbomb sympathy. And he gave him one powerbomb, he gave him two powerbomb, he gave him three powerbomb, he gave him four, and just when he was going to finish Sky off, that damn Dan Lambert got on the apron, allowing Sky to roll to the outside. This then went all over the place because Sean Spears started to walk to the ring with a chair and just as Wardlow turned around MJF must have been on the Starship Enterprise because he transported himself in there and he pushed Wardlow into reading the ring post and fair play to the guys they sold that like it was death. Wardlow was still able to kind of get back in the ring but he was all woozy doozy and this is when Scorpio Sky hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. He got the three... And he retained the title all because of that damn Max. There was a great aftermath too because Wardlow just lost it and he was beating up everybody until very unfortunately the numbers game caught up with him. Because he was choked out by Austin Vanderford when MJF got in the ring. He had the diamond ring on his hand and he punched Wardlow after Sean Spears had whacked him with a chair. And you just watched all this like, no, we were so close. Maxwell also made sure to pay off Dan Lambert, so that was a nice touch. As was the commentators, because they 
face head. Well, of course, nobody is coming out to help Wardlow. He has spent the last few years associating himself with MJF. Everybody hates MJF, so he's going to have to turn this round. And all wrestling companies need to do this. It just makes me believe. So sure, all of this was obvious and the right thing to do, but that's because it was the best story to tell. I loved all of this, and it's gay up. Jane Cargill was then excited because if she wins her next match, she's going to be 30 and 0. And you should be excited about that. And as always, she said, who's next? Imagine. Just imagine it was actually Goldberg. And then the Hardy Boys were here. This dynamite was very enjoyable. Matt has transformed back into his old self in record time, but who the flub cares? Because the fans were just going crazy here. They made Matt and Jeff feel like super duper whooper stars, which they are. They were taken on private party, who are just great. Couple of thumbs. They're on fire to begin with as well, before Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy crotched Matt Hardy on the top rope. And of course, his penis was then injured so he wasn't able to continue in the same way he just had. Quinn then did this ridiculous dive that has to be seen to be believed, and this is when Private Party started hitting double teams and going for falls. Now look, I don't think anybody thought the Hardys were going to lose here, but I respect Private Party for trying. Eventually, Matt Hardy did get the hot tag to Jeff, and once again, this audience went crazy, and he started busting out these drop kicks and quite clearly went for the swanton, but halfway through went, oh no, I haven't rotated, so he hit a splash instead. And I don't think I've ever seen that, and I've been watching Jeff Hardy for about 20 years. It just goes to show his experience, though, and by this time, Matt Hardy had G'd himself up again. They hit a couple of twists of fates. Jeff Hardy did hit the Swanton Bomb. They got the one, two, three. And I still can't quite believe the Hardy boys are back together. And they're doing it in all elite wrestling. Andrade and his new boys surrounded the ring afterwards. But this is when Sting and Darby Allen came out, which probably means in the future we are going to do Sting and his son, Matt and Jeff Hardy versus Andrade and a bunch of his guys. That is frankly ridiculous. And it's getting up. Fair play to private party as well because they just get better. And let's not forget about them, even though we may be looking in a new direction. And then we cut to Red Velvet, who's all like, Layla Hirsch, you've changed, man. And now I'm going to get my revenge. I was a bit like, has Layla Hirsch changed? I think she has. And then, my friends, it was time for Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker in a still cage for the AEW women's title flub me sideways. Now I've been the first to say that it kind of felt like maybe we should have pulled the trigger before all this, but given what we just saw, who even cares? Because not only did it tie into all the interference that Britt Baker goons have been doing, because we were in the cage, but as already mentioned, this crowd was just electric and they made it feel like the biggest match you've ever seen in your life. It also breaks the usual rule that it's about the journey and the destination, because here the destination was the best thing about it, to the point it doesn't just get it up. It gets the golden up. Baker tried to leg it straight away because she knew she didn't have the help of her buddies. And this was doubly good because in AEW, escaping the cage means nothing. Which means she surveyed the field and went, I don't want to take on Thunder Rosa. She's going to hurt me, so I'd rather just run away. She was right too because when Thunder did grab her, she just started chucking her into the cage. And honestly, in around about two minutes, Britt Baker was bleeding. Here came the blood. Before long, Rosa was bleeding as well. And this is where a bunch of chairs were thrown in the ring by Britt Baker, but that did not work at all because Thunder Rosa used it on her. Then she was even busting out stunners 
because of course it was 316 day. Oh, hell yeah. The blood was just everywhere at this stage and Thunder Rosa especially looked really cool because it got all mixed up with her face paint. And this is when we did a massive tease because the referee got taken out with a super kick. Thunder Rosa hit the Thunderfire Rosa driver thingamajig and she had the one, two, three. So if you wanted to start going, I can't believe it, AEW's gonna screw her again, you could. I mean, you would have been wrong, but that's why it was there. Baker finally got back to her feet and she set up all of these chairs. And not only did she give Thunder an air raid crash from the top through them, which looked horrible, she then set up this house of chairs, I suppose. And she was on the top rope and Thunder Rosa just pushed her onto these. And Britt Baker took one of the most sick bumps I've seen in ages. I actually out loud went, yeah, as if I was giving birth to a goat. Baker then went under the ring and got some thumbtacks. And thankfully, Jim Ross went, why is there always thumbtacks under there? And he's right. And when we did sprinkle them on the floor, Thunder Rosa got back body dropped into them. And I swear, we just take this for granted now because we've seen it so many times, but that 100% sacks. Baker then found her glove because she was going to go for the lockjaw, but Rosa got out of that by biting her hand. But clearly, that wasn't enough because she then grabbed her digits and she smashed them into the thumbtacks. Now, I don't want one pin going into my finger, let alone dozens. She also followed this up by power bombing Britt Baker into the thumbtacks and hitting the Thunderfire Driver thingamajig into the things. And I honestly went, if that's not it, what the hell is? But it was. Aubrey Edwards was out. She went one, two, three, and she put her hand into the thumbtacks as well. But this was absolutely awesome. Thunder Rosa had this massive celebration and it genuinely did feel like a happening. She also looked really happy and that always works because it comes out of the screen and it hits you right in the face and you start to be happy too. So this was top, top stuff. One of the best main events we've seen in ages. We do have a new champion. I may go watch it again. Which brought us to the end of another episode of AEW Dynamite. And this one was so, so good. If you are on the fence about watching it, make sure you change that now. It is getting it up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.